0: If you are exploring faith for the first time, or just trying to figure out what Awaken is about, please don't hesitate to drop us a line and introduce yourself. We welcome any question you might have about life, Christian faith, or Awaken Church. May God be with you as you listen. These days when we read the Old Testament, we read the Old Testament from a completely different perspective. We read the Old Testament through the Jesus lens. And I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but the New Testament sort of reinterprets or rightly interprets the Old Testament. A lot of times we can get the idea that the Old Testament maybe doesn't apply to us, it's not relevant, it's the Old Covenant. Um, It's not as valuable as the New Testament, but it should be remembered by us that the New Testament is built on top of the Old Testament. And it would be almost impossible to sort of understand and get the New Testament and all that's going on without having the foundation of the Old Testament. And here's a great example, starting in verse 22. This is uh, known as, um, you know, the chapter of the Hall of Faith. Um, It says, it was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. He even commanded them to take his bones with them when they left. This is the story of Exodus, by the way. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. Moses was born in an atmosphere faith um, with parents who were courageous. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. We'll get to that part of the story. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because his eyes, because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the paths over and to sprinkle blood on the doorposts so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. It was by faith, it was by faith, it was by faith. What is this faith thing? And what does it mean that Moses was giving up Egypt because he was looking forward to Christ? Uh, well, let's answer the first question. What is this faith thing? Hebrews 11 Verses 1 through 3, and also verse 6, it says, Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. So... That gives you an idea of what faith is. And here's how important it is. Verse 6 says, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Faith is essential. Uh, It's the linchpin to the whole thing. Uh, This idea of God inviting us to faith, calling us to faith, requiring faith, this is not a new thing. It didn't start in our century, in our millennium, or even with Jesus. It started from the very beginning. In fact, the first example given here is Abel. And how that required faith for him to offer the appropriate sacrifice. And then... To answer the second question. In verse 13, it says, All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed, For the country they came from, they could have gone back, but they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So as we go through the book of Exodus, as we hear all of these stories, um, this gives us some framework from which to view those stories. The story throughout Scripture is the story of this invitation to faith, to believe in the invisible God. Now, it was easier for the disciples, and Jesus even told them it was easier for them, because, as Colossians 1 says, he was the physical image of the invisible God. So they got to see and touch and hear and smell Jesus, now, that's 1 John 1, the first few verses. We saw him, we touched him. This invisible God, we, we saw him and interacted uh, with him. This call to faith is, is not new. This is the foundational element to the entire story of the Bible. So, why is it good for us to review this, think about it? I mean, some of you, like, let's do an example. How many of you have heard the story of Moses before? Look at that. Apparently, it's a popular story. Um, So, why is it good for us to think through these stories again? I'll give you an example. Um, I'm betting if you're a parent here, you're probably struggling with, in some way, trusting God with your child in some way. And so just reading the story of Moses' parents like having to come to this moment of trust and seeing how it worked out reminds us that we can trust God. That God does have a purpose and a plan, even when things seem to be at their worst, that God is working and moving in the background sometimes to bring us to a place of more trust. That's the next part of it, is that God builds our faith. We're going to see that through the life of Moses. We're going to see how God builds Moses' faith over time. And how it actually becomes an extraordinary faith. Well, maybe let's uh, go there right now. Let's go right to the middle of the Exodus story. Uh, sort of literally, because this is the part of the story where Moses, Moses, God, where God, and Moses in partnership, part. The Red Sea. Uh, I'm going to read this statement from Moses in Exodus chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. It's a statement from Moses, and then I'm going to tell you the story around it. But Moses told the people, Don't be afraid, just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. If you could please leave that slide up there for the remainder. Um, if you're just going like, to memorize one verse in the book of Exodus to just kind of pin it down, This is the one, at least in my opinion. Uh, What an incredible, incredible thing. And what an amazing invitation this is. Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. Uh, We see this In a variety of places in scripture, actually, where God invites people to do nothing but just trust, just relax, just calm down, just come to a place of peace, come to a place of full trust. And oh, don't we need to hear that? Don't we need to hear that when we're on social media? When we're reading the news? When we're interacting with our friends? When we're seeing things going downhill? When our health is struggling? When our children don't appear to be going in the way that we would love to have them go? Don't we need to hear these words well here's the story um, Joseph who we ended with when we went through our series on the patriarchs has this incredible faith journey where he is um, brought through a variety of things he ends up being the, the prime minister of of Egypt. Uh, He ends up uh, really sort of saving the whole region. God saves the whole region from an incredible famine through Joseph. And as Joseph is dying, he prophesies that his family, his people, are going to return to Canaan, that they're going to possess that land. He's so confident that he leaves in his will His dying order is, when you go, take my bones. I'm not staying here. I don't belong here. I know that this is going to happen. And so Joseph has incredible faith. At the end of the book of Exodus, uh, we see that Joseph's bones have been transported. And this prophecy has been fulfilled. But there's a 400-year period between when Joseph makes that proclamation of faith and when the people of Israel take off. And you see, the people of Israel, the Hebrew people, this family, these uh, 12 sons of Jacob, well, they've been having babies. They've been having lots of babies. I mean, they've been having the amount of babies that normal human beings would have plus, because it seems that God has been blessing their fertility rate. God has been doing something in them, and they have just been having babies like crazy. I could make several comments right now. I'm just going to leave it at that. Lots and lots of children. Children. If you just sit on your calculator and do like, okay, 400 years, how many generations that would would that be? What could the number possibly have been? Because some people suggest that at the moment of the Exodus there was up to like three million Hebrew people. If you do the math, it could actually work out to be much more than that. But um, the scriptures tell us there's 600,000 fighting men in the group. So you know, if you attach three or four to each of the 600,000. You see where we're going? Lots of babies. Well, I don't know if you're aware of this, but sometimes people who are in the majority for a while, like for a phase of their lives, they're in the majority, when the minority starts to grow, sometimes... Oftentimes, pretty much most times throughout history, those who were in the majority, they start to get real nervous. Because what happens if we go from being in the majority to being in the minority? That could be dangerous. All the ways in which we, the majority, have poorly treated the minority oh, that might come back on us. So that's kind of the storyline. Well, this majority, they decided to do something about it. Uh, They got together and they said, these baby-making Hebrews, that's a paraphrase, they could cause a major problem. For example... If the Persians decide to attack these Hebrew people, they could flip sides. They could join the Persian people and they could wipe us out. So now this is, this is a military threat. We're getting along now. Everything's going fine. They're in Goshen. They're in their area. They're doing great things. We're over here doing our thing. Everything is happy-go-lucky. But things could go bad, and so we need to do something about this. We need to ensure our supremacy going forward. And so they enslave the Hebrew people. They force them to do a variety of forms of labor. Their primary form of labor seems to be brick building, There are different theories about how much of the Egyptian buildings the Hebrew people were responsible for in terms of providing the bricks. Um, By the way, just a quick note on YouTube videos you might see or articles you might read. you should do some vetting before you believe those things. For example, if you looked up Hebrews crossing the Red Sea, you will probably find a YouTube video or an article by, uh, I think his name is Ron Wyatt. He died in 1999, but he claimed to have made a number of discovery, discoveries, such as a concrete path, a concrete-like path under the Red Sea, chariot wheels in the Red Sea, Uh, he also claims to have found, claimed to have found, because he's dead, so that's past tense, claimed to have found the actual blood of Christ that dripped down from the cross onto the seat of the Ark of the Covenant. He claims to have tested that and found that it only had like half the chromosomes, which would make sense, right? Anyways. Be careful what you consume online. Uh, where was I? No, seriously, I for, totally forgot where I was. Um. Exodus, we're in Exodus, right? Somebody's given me a keyword bricks. Thank you. That's all I needed. Okay. All right. They are in slave labor, but this is not working. This is not working because even in even even though they've enslaved them, they continue to have babies. And so this slave labor force is growing out of control. And so they decide to implement genocide. Uh, our most, you know, the, the most commonly cited sort of reference we have to genocide would be Hitler with the Jews, who decided that um, they were becoming too powerful within Germany. They're too well connected. I mean, if you figure out who all the Jews are, you've, you've got people, so many people in different high positions that this could be a problem for Germany. And Hitler decides that in order for Germany to be successful long-term, he needs to take care of the Jewish problem. But Pharaoh and the Egyptians are, you know, they're the pioneers of genocide. And so they, uh, you know, they say, listen, no more male children. Can't have them. You know, you got to take them out right away. And there's a, there's a great story about uh, these two midwives who uh, were busy. And uh, they were called in to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh asked them, hey, you know, what's the deal? You're, we're still having male children. And they say, well, the, you know, Hebrew women, they're not like... Egyptian women. They're vigorous. I mean, labor, boom, baby. By the time we get there, baby's already born. There's nothing we can do about it. Um, Because of that, because of the way they feared God more than Pharaoh, God blesses them with their own families. Because in those days, if you were barren, well, you were a midwife. Uh, It's interesting how God just works, right? Right? He just works. Whatever you throw at God, he's just going to. It's like Play-Doh for him. Oh, okay, I'm going to make this. Oh, okay, I'm going to do this. Just keep throwing things at me. I'm just going to make this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Um, Try to kill the children? Well, I'm going to have actually Pharaoh's daughter raise the future prophet that's going to lead Israel out of Egypt. And I'm going to have Pharaoh's daughter pay his mother to nurse him and raise him. Those are the kinds of things that God does while it appears that evil is advancing. And I think it's so critical for us as we, you know, we look in the world, we read the news, we talk to our friends, we have constant conversations about all the ways in which evil is advancing in the world. And it's so critical for us to be reminded that God is on the throne. He hasn't lost any power. He is not surprised by anything that's happening. If anybody is pulling the strings, it's him. And his heart is for us. And he invites us to just trust in him because that is the best experience available for us. He invites us to be calm. Could you imagine in our world, with everybody in a frenzy of opinion, could you imagine a people who just decided to just be calm? Who just decided to relax and be actually confident That God knows exactly what he is doing, and at exactly the right time, God will fulfill his promise? Well, this statement that Moses makes is a statement that he makes after a really incredible faith journey where God has built his faith up. The first time he took a step of faith, he kind of got skittish. His first step of faith was to defend this Hebrew person by murdering an Egyptian who was beating him. We might say he went a little too far. And because of that, now he's living in fear. And he ends up fleeing to get out of Pharaoh's grasp. Well, it just so happens, God took that, and he made really cool stuff out of it. He brings Moses out to a place where he appears to him in the burning bush. Uh, These stories are all in the Bible, by the way. Uh, Exodus 1, 2, 3. uh, I think we're at Exodus 3 now. He appears to Moses in this burning bush situation and he's he's explaining to Moses what Moses purpose is he's calling Moses to step out in courageous faith to try it again he's helping Moses understand why he was so enraged when he saw his hebrew compatriot being beat God is drawing that dream that passion back out of him and reminding him why he was created and reminding him what his purpose is but Moses says no way not me go away find someone else All right I mean this is, this is a famous, famous story God is Showing up in this incredible way. I mean, it's like, you know, the, the pre-Jesus physical manifest form of God that, that Moses is interacting with. I mean, would that build your faith? Right? Moses is no longer in the invisible realm. Now we just went into visible. Like, oh, that's serious. And God is asking me to do this courageous thing. Now. I... A lot of us would, I think, we would actually say, "Okay, I mean, this, this is pretty awesome." So yeah, I'll, I'll step in and I'll, I'll do what you ask. But but Moses is very very hesitant. He's already been burned on this faith thing once. But eventually, God convinces him, "I'm going to be with you." Just you know, God has him do a few cool tricks, right? The staff, the hand of leprosy uh, I can't think of the third one off the top of my head but uh, and through these things God is like building Moses faith and that's the way God works He starts with hey just just take this one step just you know trust me this one time with your child trust me w- this one time with your career just trust me this one time with this relationship just just Trust me, just a little bit, right? I mean, the invitation of Scripture is just taste and see that the Lord is good. Just, just check it out at whatever level you can. Whatever level of faith you have, just step into that and just see what happens. God is not telling you that today you need to rise up and proclaim that the Cook Inlet will part at just the right moment to save us from COVID. But God, I can guarantee you, is calling you to step out and trust him in some area. Because that's what the story is about. It's about us trusting God, and God delivering on his promise, and us worshiping God So Moses decides to step in. And Moses has some incredible things happen. And over that course of time, Moses' faith is built because he sees, you know, as I'm stepping into these things, God is actually being faithful. God is actually fulfilling his promise. God is doing his part. I'm to and it turns out I like being part of the story. I like this faith thing. Uh, anybody ever watch? Uh, no, not not. Uh, it's one of the Indiana Jones movies, Search for the Holy Grail. Whew. Struggling this morning, and you know the scene where he goes through the obstacle course. And then there's the step of faith. Can you imagine right now Harrison Ford's facial expression when he touches down? That's why Harrison Ford makes the big bucks. Because he's a good actor. And he has a great facial expression. It is one of just total relief. And just like, oh. But there's a sense in which you get that that is the best experience he has ever had. That is the coolest thing he has ever experienced. And that is what God calls us to. Just trust me a little bit, right? The promise in the New Testament is that God, he just needs a mustard seed of faith. Just a little bit, right? You're giving just a little bit to a God who can do whatever he wants with a just, with just a little bit. And so just step in wherever it is in your life where God is calling you to take a step of faith because that's where the ultimate human experience is. That is where it's at to just take a step. Like, oh, God is there. I'm sure he's there too. How long does this stay? Two more. I got two more steps. (laughs) I'm going to just read this passage again. Um, By the way, I'm going to carry some $2 bills in my wallet. How many people like $2 bills? They're by far the coolest greenbacks out there, and the reason I'm going to carry them is if you memorize this passage, any version, any English version, and tell me, I'm going to give you $2, so I just think it'd be cool if, like, all of us memorized these two verses, don't you think? Because these things, these verses, this promise, this could change your life. Forever, Let me rephrase that. If you live according to this promise, it will change your life forever. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. The reason, by the way, this is such an incredible statement of faith is because Moses has no idea what God is going to do at this point. It is after he makes that statement that God shows up and says, listen, Moses, this is how it's going to go down. This is how I'm going to deliver you. But previous to that, Moses says, guys, stop, calm down, relax, haven't you seen what God has done? Moses has figured it out, like, God is going to do this. It doesn't matter what comes our way. God is going to do this thing that he promised to do. So just calm down. Just wait a minute. Just stand there and be patient and calm and wait for the Lord. Moses has no idea the Red Sea is about to part. And the Egyptian army is about to be destroyed. Moses has no idea how it's going to go down. He just knows that God has made a promise. And God will fulfill his promise. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would help us have this courageous faith. Father, help us to step into this trust relationship in whatever way that we can. Father, I pray for anybody who has not taken a first step of faith and just place their faith in, in your reality. Uh, that today they would they would cross the line of faith and they would put their trust in you. Lord, for those of us who have we've been doing this faith thing for a while, I pray that you would help us take more dramatic steps to take an account of all that you've done in our past and Help us to leap forward, knowing that you are there. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, If you would please stand. From Hebrews chapter 13. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, By the blood of the eternal covenant, may he equip you with everything good that you may do his will, which works in us, that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you again for listening. It is a joy to be able to share God's truth with you. Hopefully you found this teaching helpful to your understanding of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's world. And hopefully you are inspired to take a further step of faith. Please let us know how we can be praying for you as you continue your journey. If you live in the Anchorage area, you are welcome to join us any Sunday. And we have an Awaken 101 event every six weeks. And this is also a great way to find out more about our church. Please sign up for that event by going to the Events tab at our website, AwakenAlaska.com. And looking for Awaken 101. Feel free to share this podcast with your friends and we will see you next week.